Let me welcome you back to your seats. We had a wonderful weekend. Some men got together. It was called Hunter's Weekend, but you didn't seek, and the word hunt are the same. When the Lord seeks us and we seek Him, and that just opened up a ton of things for us. So it was a great Friday evening and Saturday morning we were here today. The folks that have registered for that welcome lunch, and I'm going to look forward to being up there having lunch with you today. Uh, in the coming weeks, Discovery, as was mentioned, and you can see all this on the Church Center app. Uh, food Truck Sunday, I'm excited about that. I'm going to have a big white tent out here and opportunities after church to just be together and celebrate this beautiful community of faith that we have. So I hope you're able to be a part of all those things. As I mentioned earlier, we are working our way through the New Testament. I encourage you, hear me, if you're not reading, start reading. Okay? If you've fallen off or your schedule is squeezed out reading, let me encourage you to get version, and it'll read it for you. And you don't even have to feel guilty. I'll do that on the, you've heard me say many times, I'm walking the dog and I'll listen to an entire book that's being read. I'm not the best. One of the things I tell people when I, you know, you have those things when you meet folks and they're like, tell them something that they wouldn't know about you by looking at you, you know, those kind of things. Sometimes I'll say something like, did you know I play the saxophone? You know, they usually don't know that. But the thing I say often, I'm like, did you know that I'm a really slow reader? Like painfully slow reader. That I read half a page and then I need to take a couple days to think about it. Now I read all the time. It's become a discipline for me. But I am a painfully slow reader. And I say that to wipe away all the guilt or any kind of thing like that. Auditorily, as an auditory learner, I'm really strong as an auditory learner. So I pay 16 bucks a month and get books read to me. And so I encourage you to do that. New version is free. And you can listen to it in different versions. I really felt to say that to you. I don't give you that many directives usually, but I'm really encouraging you. Please, if you've fallen off that a little bit or your schedule is squeezed out, the time to listen to the word, uh, however you do it doesn't matter to me. I just want you to be a part of this as we finish up this year in the word of God. And so we're looking through the book of Ephesians. And I'm going to just pull one verse in Ephesians 6. It's the last I mean, it's, it's, there's only just a, a few more verses in the whole book. It, it finishes off at like 23, so I'm reading verse 18. So I only have about four or five verses, and, and the book's over, and some of that's just greeting people, like, hey, they say hi to you, and thanks there, and that kind of thing. So Ephesians 6, verse 18, it's in the NIV, and I'm going to ask them to keep it up there the entire time. Let's keep it up there the whole service. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So again, Eli, you can just keep, you're off, bro. You can go get a sandwich. You just keep that up there the whole time. So this is in the context, in Ephesians 6, you may be familiar with the fact that this is armor of God stuff. I, I opened the service this morning reading from Ephesians 6, and I read be sure you take the whole armor of God, right? Put on the whole armor of God, 10 through 13. I didn't read the verses that says, you know, what the armor is, right? Helmet of salvation, 
breastplate of righteousness, peace at your feet, you know, those shield of faith, those kind of things. But this is the context of that, and it goes through all of the armament parts, and then it finishes with this. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. That's like the summary of it all. So as I was reading this, I was taken and I, I thought, pray in this, this is Paul, Paul writing to us. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Okay, how often? All occasions. Which occasions are left out? The occasions that aren't occasions. But everything's an occasion, like all occasions, right? Pray all the time. And so I thought that was good. And then he says, and with this in mind, that you're supposed to pray all the time, be alert and always keep praying. <laughs> that struck me. So here's our title. Kelsey, you ready? I never have titles. But today I have one. But there's a little, a little twist to it. It's really long. Arnick says from the booth, it's long. Here's the message today. Pray all the time. And don't forget to pray all the time. Pray all the time. Pray all the time. Pray on all occasions. And with that in mind, don't forget to pray all the time. When are we supposed to pray? Oh, pray all the time. Pray all the time. And when you have that down, don't forget to pray all the time. If we could just treat prayer like we treat our cell phones. Prayer partners, please come up. It's time to pray right now, folks. Don't, like, really, right? You got it. You got it right there. If we could simply treat prayer like we do our cell phones. We don't go anywhere without that phone. We don't have that phone, we're naked. It's a scramble. It's like, does anybody know where my phone is? We don't go anywhere without our phone. What if we could just treat prayer like that phone? We don't go anywhere without prayer right at our hand. Without prayer, an arm's reach away without prayer as our go-to so we don't go anywhere without our phone and the second thing that came to my mind is if i have the slightest idle moment i'm on it people drive their car doing that apparently they feel like that's an idle moment you get a minute in a line in a store we surely don't want any of that so we reach in and we just start checking out what's going on. Am I, am I wrong? I'm not wrong. We see it. You see it happen. So, first of all, we don't go anywhere without it. Feel naked without it. And secondly, if there's even the slightest idle moment, I'm using it. Mm. What if we treated prayer like we treat our cell phone? The slightest idle moment, I'm using it. If I've got a minute, I'm reaching for it. Let me tell you a lie of the devil, and if you've been through the Freedom Program, or if you've ever watched the first video, he talks about this book that was, Could You Not Tarry One Hour? 
And from that, he enjoyed talking to the Lord, the guy that was speaking, enjoyed talking to the Lord. And then he started reading that book, and then it became, well, I've only prayed 47 minutes, 13 to go. It changed. So there is this pressure, lie, really probably from the enemy of our soul, that makes us feel like we have to spend a particular amount of time or it doesn't count. False. The scripture even tells us that we think through much speaking that we're heard. Scripture says that. It says it for a reason. Because we would feel like the more articulate we are. Let me tell you what's coming to me right now and tell me if anybody in here has not prayed this exact prayer. I am going to tell you, I'm going to prophesy right now. I'm going to tell you the exact prayer that you have prayed and God answered. Are you ready? Jesus. Am I wrong about that? That's all you got out. How'd that prayer work? Did God show up? Was God there? And all, one word. One word. Not a pause, let me pull over. Heavenly Father, we beseech ye by the mercies granted unto us. No. It is Jesus. You don't have to pray long. And frankly, I've come to believe it's not about what you pray but about who prays it. It's not about what you pray, but about who prays it. When I recognize my relationship with my Father, I know the things that I speak. He hears me. I know that. I am a Father. I was telling a story this week when I was teaching a class. We were talking about this. It was our Thursday Bible study, and we were talking about these things. And I said that actually uh, earlier month, Wednesday morning, my phone rang. It, 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 it was over on the side of the desk by my keys. I put it up on the desk by my keys. And so I was teaching, and the phone was over here. And there's a basket of phones. The residents turn in their phones. So there's a bunch of, there's a dozen phones over there. And I heard that, and I thought, that's probably one of their phones. I went back to my office after teaching, flipped it open, and looked, and it was my phone. And it was a missed call from Melinda, who's traveling. She's in Alabama. I'm going to tell you right now, if that phone had been open and it said Melinda, and she knows I'm teaching, that phone would have gotten answered. I just said, excuse me, y'all. <laughs> just one second. Wait a minute. And then I just went on to say, if I was using, I'm using a paper Bible today. I'm going old school. Suit and paper Bible today. We're going old school. I, I, if I was using my phone up here right now, to look at notes or look at the scripture, I was going through versions or something like that, and my phone was here, I told the class, I said, if I'm preaching on a Sunday, my phone is up here and it rings and it says, Emma, I'm going to say, Arnett, could you play something real quick? I just need to take this call. And I will take that call. And I asked everybody, I said, do you think Emma's more important than you? Because she is. In her relationship to me, she is. She knows I'm in church. If she calls me this morning, I'm answering that phone call. It doesn't matter what she wants to talk about. It's about the relationship. I will put everything else aside and take that call. I want you to live in prayer like that. I want you to walk in prayer where you realize the relationship, because I am convinced it's not just about what was prayed, but who, in fact, prayed it. 
So in this context, in the passage here, we put on the armor. But you got to think about it. Most of this stuff that's mentioned, the helmet, the breastplate, all the shield, it's all defensive. It's defensive. But prayer, prayer is active. Prayer is offensive. There are four considerations that I have while we pray. Four, four things. Through the years, four things that I've wrestled with about prayer. I'm the guy that has like 137 books on prayer. I was collecting books on prayer because I couldn't figure it out. It just didn't make sense to me. It just didn't make sense to me. And so I'm collecting books and I'm reading books and I'm reading all these different authors and guys from 1800 and all over hundreds of years ago, gathering stuff, contemporary things, spiritual stuff, reading all these things. And then it struck me, I'm reading a lot and not praying. <laughs> it kind of struck me. So I said, maybe I'll pray a little bit more and read a little bit less. I just couldn't get it. The first one I thought, informing God, is that why I'm praying? Am I praying to inform God? Hey, Lord, good morning. Wanted you to know that, uh, just a quick update here, a couple things, right? I don't really believe that he needs the update. I don't believe that I'm informing him. I actually believe that he knows. So that just didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense that I'm... Like informing God. I, I couldn't get my head around that. And then recently, in just the last couple years, it struck me. I thought, do we believe that we pray in order to get God to care about something? Almost like I have a really rich friend that I wish he would invest in your thing that you're doing. You know, you want to start up business and I got a really rich buddy. And I'm like, hey, really rich buddy, this guy's worth it. No, 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 I know... I, I know, but he's really worth it. He's worth the shot. He's worth the investment. Would you be willing to love him the way I love him? Would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to love him the way I love him and invest? That's what it felt like to me. Like I have more compassion than God does. God is up there far away somewhere, and I'm like, man, I just need to really dial in, and I'm going to fast to get his pleasure, his favor, and then I'm going to like be Esther and like walk in and hopefully the king doesn't cut my head off and we get our thing done. No. You know why? Because I do not love you more than God does. I do not have more compassion than he does. Maybe in the Old Testament I did. But once Jesus came, Jesus came to give God compassion. Jesus came so he could know us. Doesn't it say that? Jesus came so he could be tempted in all points like as we. He came to know what it was like to be tired and hurt and sweat. He came in flesh to know those things. I don't have greater compassion than our Lord. So that didn't work for me. And then what's kind of settled in for me is, first of all, I pray because Jesus prayed, right? He must have known something, so if he's praying, I'll pray. And kind of a default like that, but that's a really quick PowerPoint presentation, right? You know, Jesus prayed, I prayed. Okay, any questions, right? Maybe we could just do that. But the other part that struck me is that I am aligning with him. And I know that's true. I know that I veer off. I'm one of those drivers, my family makes fun of me. I'm a driver. I, I don't know if I've ever been in a real wreck, really. So I got that going for me, but I'm prefacing with that. I drive down the road, and if you follow me, you're like, I didn't think Andy was drinking, but apparently he's been drinking. Because I'm just kind of, I'm like, I'm like a, I look that way, and there goes the car that way. 
I look over here, did you see that? And I'm like, and I hit the, uh, those rumble strips have probably saved me much. I just kind of look one way and veer off. I don't know. Some people can just keep it steady and look around and talk, and it's like an arrow. Not me, man. I'm a That's me in my life. And I have to pray to center myself. What is your path? What do we say around here? I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to find out what he's doing, and I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to join that. That's my prayer place. That's my prayer stuff. That's what I'm doing when I'm praying. I'm trying to join. I know you're working. I know you have a plan. Christway Church is a part of that plan. This congregation, my life, my family, we're a part of that plan, and we want to align with you. <coughs> we want to align with you. That worked for me. I could get my head around that, and that has been my posture most often. And then I've said this recently. This year, I will remember. We read the Bible straight through in this church in 2017. Five years later in 2022, we are reading the Bible through again. But I will remember this year for something unique, and I've shared it several times as we've preached this year. In the Gospels, I saw something that I have never seen before. What I saw is that it appeared to me that Jesus is going from here to here. He's headed back to the communion tray. Like he's headed down this aisle. He's headed this way. And all of a sudden, Marilyn hollers. Hey, 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 Jesus. He's like, yeah. Could you come over here? I have a need. And Jesus does come over. He wasn't planning to come over. He was planning to go back here. And someone calling out, praying, veered him into their story. I've read miracle after miracle. And I'm reading and I'm thinking, he was meaning to go there. He was going here. Now, the woman at the well, it says he was going to Sychar. And he went there on purpose. He does go places on purpose. But there are other times that it appears He's simply walking through, and someone says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he stops. He's walking through, and there's a woman's son being brought down the aisle. And he's right there. He's walking through moments. The woman at the well, he meant to be there. The man at the pool, he knelt down and he said, would you like to be healed? The man didn't approach him. Jesus does go to these places. He does initiate the cell phone call, doesn't he? He does have a time where it rings and you look and you're like, oh, Jesus, hey, what's up? He does initiate the call. And then what struck me is there are other times. And one time, frankly, is enough for me to have faith to do it. Where it appears he's going a particular direction and someone calls out to him and he says, I'll heal you. I'll touch you. I will be part of your story. When we look at Ephesians 6.18, I want you to pay attention to where it says all, or all ways. There's four occasions up before. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray on all occasions. Pray with all kinds of prayer and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for, for all the Lord's people. On all occasions, all kinds of prayer, always praying 
for all the Lord's people. And I just want to look at these four things quickly this morning. What are the occasions that you don't pray? What are the occasions that I don't pray? Frankly, the answer is this, when I think I got it. I'm thinking right now about flipping Brian up over my shoulder and preaching a few minutes with him on my shoulder. I haven't asked him if it's okay. I can carry him for a little bit. But it's not a long bit. Sometimes we get accustomed to carrying stuff. And frankly, we decide what's worthy of God's attention and what's not. We decide what's worthy of God's attention and what's not. How many people do you think had heard of Jesus and saw him? They said, that's Jesus. And they're like, Jesus is the one that heals, right? He's the one that heals. Oh, well, I guess he's past me now. I'll just, we're good. Dozens of people? Hundreds of people? You know, there's stories when Jesus went into a town, and in one phrase it says what happened. And he healed all their sick. What? 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 He healed everyone. Wonder if one person called him over, and then the person that was going to let him pass go, well, I ain't missing this. <laughs> and another one stepped in, and another one stepped in, and another one stepped in. That's how faith builds in us. What are the occasions that we don't pray? All occasions, not just the bad ones, not just the ones where I'm needy. And isn't that symptomatic of another problem anyway? When I only pray when I'm needy. I only pray in situations like that. Isn't that a symptom of another problem? When, friends, are we able to do this one on our own? In Galatians, which you just read, Galatians 3, I spoke that by faith. <laughs> Galatians 3, Paul says, foolish Galatians, literally calls them foolish. Now, you're not supposed to cause any, uh, call anyone a fool without cause, but clearly Paul had cause. He looked at them and he's like, y'all are foolish. Y'all are foolish. And here's how they were foolish. Having begun in the spirit, will you be made perfect in the flesh? That's what we just read in Galatians 3. Having begun in the spirit, will you be made perfect in the flesh? And what's the answer? Uh, no. The entire Old Testament, the entirety of the Hebrew Scriptures exist to show us that we couldn't get it done. That's the whole measure. That's the whole message. I am insufficient to get it done. I have been living for Jesus for 31 years. You know what? I am insufficient to get it done. Do you know how much I need Him? As much as I've ever needed Him. And in fact... Because I know more than I've ever known, I'm wiser, I'm older, and frankly, I'm smarter than I've ever been, I need him more. Because I will rely on that. The new counselor that you go sit with has been praying and like, oh God, help me listen. And, learn. and they're just listening and waiting and taking it in and praying and sensitive. The, the veteran counselor is like, please, what do you have? You give like half a sentence. I'm like, okay, I got that. Uh, get in the... Next, the veteran counselor. 
Because you've done it so much, you hear two or three things and you just diagnose. Not good. Not good. Every time someone walks in my office for ministry, for counsel, I am sitting there going, I need you today. How many thousands of classes have we taught? And I still sit in that chair, Dana, and I say, God, I need your direction. And frankly, I'll forget sometimes. And I'll be in something. This has happened. I'm in a moment, and somebody has a question. I'm like, not good. You did not pray. <laughs> not good. And they think I'm listening, and really I'm going, Lord, help me. Sorry about that. Make up the difference. Help me out here. Help them. Help me help them. Yeah. That never changes. All occasions. When is it that we don't need him? And when is the Sunday? When is the Sunday? That we know how everything is going to turn out the rest of the week. When folks are around this room taking prayer requests, what's keeping you from praying with them or praying with someone else? What is keeping that from happening? And sometimes it's like, well, my need's not as big as that need. Or I'm looking at my week, my week looks pretty good. You never know, I never know. And laying those things out before the Lord, that's not guilt trip, this is wise. This is being wise and having wisdom and recognizing that we're called to pray in all occasions. It's kind of like Paul's other directive. In everything, give thanks. How silly is that? In everything, give thanks. Do you know what that means? Everything. Think of your toughest situation. Thanks. The reason it's in here is because we need it. We need to hear that we have to give thanks in everything, because we wouldn't. We need to hear that we have to pray on all occasions, because we wouldn't. Pray all the time, and don't forget to pray all the time. The second thing, with all kinds of prayers and requests, man, there are grocery list prayers, right, where you got stuff listed. You can, you can pray that way. You can go right down a list. You can pray in tongues. You can pray for ministries. You can pray for leadership. I've taken seven days of the week and prayed for each continent. One day a week, seven continents, seven days. I've done that. There's centering prayer. There's meditation. You can pray the tabernacle path. That saved me when I first got saved. I would pray the tabernacle. I would like, okay, brazen all, courts of praise. So I opened with praise. And then I'd go to the altar and I'd lay stuff out before the Lord. And then the labor was the washing of the water with the word. And I would put the word in me. And then I would go into the holy place and I would offer uh, intercessory, intercessory prayer for people. And I would pray for the needs of the church. And, and in my head, because I'd get distracted. I didn't have a pattern. I didn't have a discipline. And when I'd like, you know, just like I drive run off of here and over here, then I knew where to come back. It saved me. I sat under the vents, the exhaust vents on a guided missile destroyer in the Mediterranean, looking out over open water with nothing to be seen except sky and water, and I sat and I prayed those prayers. It worked for me. I needed it. It helped me. You can pray from acronyms. That means something. You can walk through praise and thanksgiving and petition and what, whatever. You can get the Echo app. I used to get that and I'd put prayer needs in it and it'd remind me at 9 a.m., noon, 3, 6, and 9. I prayed five hours a day. I was a Pentecostal Muslim, man. I prayed five hours a day. 9, noon, 3, 6, 9. 
And I'd stop and it'd go ding and I'd see my prayer. And it was different things all through the day. I don't do that anymore. But I did. And I will again, I'm sure. All kinds of prayer. Prayer with words. Some of us use many words. Some of us use few words. We understand that we can simply say Jesus. There are prayers with sounds that aren't even words. Scripture talks of groanings that can't be uttered. Did you know there are prayers when you speak nothing? Prayers in silence. I'm thinking of Hannah in the Old Testament. Hannah simply moved her lips. No sound. And Eli, the prophet, looked at her and he said, what are you doing here? You're drunk. What are you doing? He thought she was just sitting over there mumbling to herself, rocking back and forth. No, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm giving the Lord this deep need. Prayer with words, with sounds, in silence. Prayer in words you don't know. You could pray in tongues. You could pray in some language you don't even know. This morning I was taking the dogs out in the front yard to do their business, you know, and I'm out standing in the front yard, and I'm standing in the grass, and I felt the presence of the Lord, and I began to pray in tongues, standing right there. I don't know. Was, I don't know. I just sensed the presence of the Lord. Fifteen seconds? I don't know. Took the dogs, came in the house. Moments of unction, moments of ministry, moments when it just hits and you speak, moments when you're called in to an intersection, moments when you're not praying for me, friend. <laughs> you're not praying for the crowd. You're talking to the Father. And I get it. I spend more time in this pulpit than anybody. I get it. Let's pray. And I'm thinking about how my prayers are being heard by you. That's super normal. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be articulate. Let me let you in on something. Folks that do transitions here, transition you into prayer, or communion, or closing. I try to tell them this every week. I say, you're not here. We're not going for perfection. I'm not looking for you to be articulate, poised. You're here because I trust you. You're here because I trust you, and I want what God is prompting you with to be what you share with this crowd. That's what I want. I even told him today, last couple of weeks, I said, if you're up here and you think God has drawn me in this particular direction, I wonder what Pastor Andy thinks. Is he okay with it? I'm telling you right now I'm okay with it. I'm telling you right now up front right now because I want you to be able to guide listening to the Spirit listening to the Spirit the outpouring of the Spirit the revival that happens the gathering that happens listen to me please is not going to rise and fall on me that's not it it is this community of faith that is prompted to pray and touch and listen and speak and however it comes out, here's my encouragement. Let it come out. And often, all occasions, all kinds of prayer. Pray all the time. And don't forget to pray all the time. All occasions, all kinds of prayer. Always keep praying. What is our default? You know the scripture tells us, I could pull this scripture as well, pray without ceasing. Now I'm not going to take a poll, but usually 
when I do get feedback from people, most folks think that is an impossibility. An impossibility to pray without ceasing. And I think I actually, I think I do that. Because I'm just walking with him. You know the difference between a new relationship and an old relationship? One of the differences? You can take a four-hour drive and not say anything in an old relationship. You're just together. On a dating relationship, don't you go out and know when people are dating? <laughs> They're just chattering each other like that, right? A dating relationship, you got to fill the air. you got to fill it with noise. you got to fill the air. And it's not like we're not trying to talk when Melinda and I drive, but we don't have to. We're together. And I saw something with my parents before they passed. My mother was just days from passing. And I remember walking in that hospital room. She was just emaciated in that bed. My brothers were ungodly, and it was chaos. And my dad was standing over on the far wall. I'm 17 years old. And I walked in, and I looked at her, and I looked at my dad. And I saw them back and forth, not saying a word absolutely arrested me. I was a pretty self-focused teenager, but somehow I broke out of it in that moment, and I am thankful, because I saw something happening between them. And I've ducked dishes in the house, walked in the kitchen at the wrong time. I'm like, okay, well, you guys figure that out. I'll see you later, right? <laughs> like, they, they had some fights, some disagreements. But the years of that relationship, it was just going back and forth there. Amazing. So what's your default setting? What's your go-to? What is it that you rely on and trust the most? Is it money? Is it friends? Is it intellect? Is it, is it experience? Because all those things can battle us. All those things can help us feel like we are sufficient. Have you ever been around that person, and when you heard them pray, you thought, this is not the first time that person has prayed. Have you ever been around that person? You walk in a space and you're like, huh, that is not the first time that old boy, that old gal has prayed. The college where Emma is going to school is connected to a church. And before the college was even what it is today, I walked through that church for a conference. My takeaway was this. Oh, it was massive. It was huge. Thousands of people. It looked like a Looked like a mall, shopping malls, just be gorgeous buildings, beautiful campus. That didn't strike me. That wasn't my takeaway. I went there with a team of ministers, and Melinda was home. And I called her, and I said, these folks make me feel like I'm getting prayed under the table. I pray. But these folks, they're, they're dialed into something. I felt literally like I was sloshing around prayer on the floor. And it wasn't big, and they weren't speaking in tongues. It wasn't some big, you know, odds. They were just, they were just praying. But the, the weight of that prayer, the mass of it, it just felt like it was just this mass of prayer. And you know what, friends? We have that in here. We have people that pray, that know how to pray, that walk with God. 
And I want it to be released among us. Released among us. Pray all the time. And don't forget to pray all the time. Praying for all the Lord's people. That's the last one. Passing translation says that it'd be a blessing of God in his believers. The blessing of God on his believers. Praying for each other. I hope you're praying for me. Melinda had a meeting with Peggy and uh, Christina this week at Peggy's house. And uh, I knew she was over there, so I dropped by for a minute to say hi. And I walked in and sat down, little sunroom dining area. And I looked over Arnick, and there was a couple handsome fellas up on a corkboard. One was more handsome than the other, but I won't say which one. There's a picture of me. And a picture of Arnick. I didn't see Deli. <laughs> Thank you for praying for me. Be frank with your shoulder and the weight of the ministry here is heavy. It's heavy. I, I, I am privileged to do it. But it's heavy. And we need spiritual help and the strength of the body. This says, always keep praying for all the Lord's people. When you think of someone, pray for them. I mean right then. You know how most preachers are going to go to hell? <laughs> From lying about praying for other people. <laughs> that's, basically, that's basically what's going to happen. They're like, hey man, you got to be, okay, I'll be praying for you, buddy. <laughs> and they walk on, they never pray a word. Pray right then. I've come to the place where we're standing in front of Panera and somebody says, pray for me. I'm like, cool, let's pray right now, Hoss. Hoss, and I hold this guy's hands right in front of Panera and pray. Number one, I actually want to follow through with that. Occasionally, I'll go through planning center. Planning center people. It's our directory. Church center app. We talk about that multiple times every Sunday. There's a directory on there. I did it just this past week. I'll scroll through. I don't do it on my phone. It's too small. But I'll put it on the laptop, and I'll scroll through names, and I'll see people, and I'll think of them. And frankly, I haven't, they've transitioned. They've gone somewhere else or haven't been to church in a bit or folks that are here. I'm praying over that. I don't do that all the time. I probably don't do that more than three times a year. But I'll do that every little bit, and I'll scroll through. There are hundreds of people. If Jeremy was here, he could tell you the number to the minute, right? There's probably 700 people that have come through this church in the last couple years. And just praying and touching with all God's people. Let yourself do that. When you think of someone, pray for them. Jenny, you know how much you get prayed for? Because you live on Voorhees and I drive by your house. That's why. That's why. Y'all that live in these back cul-de-sacs, you don't get prayed for as much as Jenny. I drive by her house and I look over there and pray for her. If I don't take Voorhees and I come down here to Margaret, I'll drive by Fuquay and I pray for those sweeties because I drive by Fuquay. It's right there. It's my prayer reminder. If 
I drive by a place and I know you work or I'm thinking of a school or your family comes to my mind. It doesn't have to be in this room. We know that, right? It can be any place at all and it doesn't have to be long and you don't have to close your eyes. Right? I would pray in the car, but I can't close my eyes. You don't have to close your eyes. You can speak someone's name. Well, I don't even know what to pray. How about bless them, Lord? How about you know what they need? You know, I'll tell you this right now. The prayer that I've prayed more than any prayer, this is the absolute truth. The prayer I have prayed more than any prayer in all of my walking with God has been this. Lord, be their helper. Lord, help them. That's what I pray. Lord, help them. And it felt, it felt, uh, it felt rookie. <laughs> it like, come on, man. You can come up with something better than that. And then one day I read the scripture and David prayed, Lord, be thou my helper. And I was like, oh, good. Good. Let all the guilt go. Be my helper. Lord, help them. That's all you got to pray. Because, Father, you know everything that's going on. Help them. And then maybe something starts flowing. Be strength to them. This is how I pray. Let me give you a quick clinic. Whatever comes to my mind, I'm saying. I'm saying. It can be bizarre. Or like, I don't even know if this is, but here it is. Put it out there. Lord, walk into their story. Lord, the faith that I have. You know sometimes we don't have faith for ourselves. Isn't that true? you got all the faith in the world for someone else. And when it comes to us individually, we're like, oh, we're so overwhelmed. That's super normal. That's why we need to pray for each other. And you think of someone, and I, I get a little bridge in my mind. I'm like, Lord, walk over that bridge into their life. Walk into that space. That doesn't mean I don't think you're saved. That doesn't mean I don't think you have God in your life. I'm just praying, Lord, walk. In. He's going back there, and I'm like, Lord, can you just, just a quick minute. Can you come into this story right here? Can I invite you into that space? Holy Spirit, can I invite you into that space? I had the nicest parent moment this week. I called Emma at college. I called her and she answered. First miracle. <laughs> I, said, I said, hey, I just wanted to check in with you. I know you got a lot going on. Sorry to bother you. She said, Dad, you're not bothering me. Dad, you're not bothering me. That's what I want this prayer thing to be. The Father reaches to us. He says, hey, you got a quick minute? I don't mean to bother you. I know you're busy. And we look to the Father and we say, well, you're not bothering me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Share your heart with me. Connect with me. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for loving me. Arnick and team come up. If you were leading a prayer moment today, would you come up as well? Be a good time to pray, I guess. Since always is a good time to pray. Is it a good time to pray? Pray all the time. And just from, don't forget, pray all the time. Let me tell you one more thing before we sing. And, and you know, when you come up here, it doesn't mean you're a hot mess, although you might be. Could just be, hey man, I understand 
You can pray for all the Lord's people, and I'm one of those people. How about blessing me? How about praying a blessing over me? How about praying direction over me? How about praying sensitivity and strength in my life? Because I know I need it. Are you having a rough go? No, I feel good, but I need it. I'll use Joe and Talisha as, well, I'll, they moved, so I'll use you guys. Shouldn't sit in the front row. I've used this story before, but it came to me this morning, and I feel like I need to share it with you. So instead of preaching on prayer this morning, I preached on fidelity, spiritual fidelity, physical fidelity, sexual sin, pornography, sexual purity. That's what I preached on this morning. And I preached it straight, and there wasn't much gray area. And I get right here at the end of this message right now, and I say, we're going to open this altar to pray in just a moment. And I start to do another part of the story, and this old boy, Zach, leaps from his chair across this space of the altar right here and just starts sobbing. Freeze frame that. What are you thinking? I just preached on marital fidelity, pornography, sexual sin, purity, the whole nine. I'm opening the altar for prayer, and my friend Zach here leaps onto that altar and just shaking. What are you thinking? Let me give you a couple scenarios. First scenario is, you've been all over the country in the military, haven't you? And one of your buddies called you this morning, dear friend, and your buddy is struggling. Your buddy is caught, caught in that sin, caught in that addiction, and he doesn't know who to turn to, and he reached out to you this morning, and then I preached this message, and it is so heavy on you that as soon as the gate even cracks open, you are on that altar praying for your friend. That's scenario one. Scenario two is Zach is actually struggling. He hasn't failed. He hasn't been unfaithful to Christina. He doesn't have a woman on the side, but there's struggle and pressure. The devil is on him. And he's there praying, trying to be free from that weight. Hasn't failed her. Hasn't been unfaithful to her. But the pressure. And you're there. Scenario three is he's actually struggling. He is failing. He does have a little sweetie on the side. Where should he be? All three scenarios. Where should he be? But when he does that, half a dozen women are going to come over and go, Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Lord. Rub your back. Poor Christina. That scoundrel of a husband that she has. It's funny for a reason. Right? In all three scenarios, this is where you should be. But here's what I've found through the years. God help you if you're the first one to come to prayer after somebody preached something straight. That is true. I am not new to this game. God help you if you're the first one to come up. I pray in the name of Jesus that goes out of this building. Whatever that spirit is, gone, gone.
that yellow police line that says, do not cross, we're tearing that thing down. We are tearing that thing down. You pray all the time. And don't forget to pray all the time. And when someone falls across an altar and they're sobbing, you're there for them regardless of the story. And I will kneel down and pray and cry with you because you're going to need to pray and cry with me later. And that's what I believe. And I'll pray for you because my son is at your house every once in a while and you'll be a voice in his life. A voice that I can't be. And I'll pray for you because you're going to help that boy that I love so much. That's how that works. And so may the Lord allow us to lay aside all these things and have the freedom to step into prayer all the time. All the time. Let's sing. When I kneel